Welcome back to the Transfer Portal Podcast. Um, here in my new context football. I am Adam. I'm with my fellow Texan and Dallas native Jake. How are we doing, Jake? Doing pretty good. Doing good. I see you got your AM on. I got my Texas on, but we're gonna keep it civil mm-hmm, today. Absolutely. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about some uh Big 12. Excited. Um season's right around the corner. Uh, how are we feeling? Yeah, I feel good. Uh, the Big 12, I can't think of a conference that's more up for grabs uh, than the Big 12 by, you know, anybody that's looking to be on the top half this year. So, uh, you know, it's really uh, pretty much anybody's game. So excited to uh, to discuss. Yeah. So, you know, Big 12, got to talk about it. Um, probably the biggest news in the Big 12 was Lincoln Riley abruptly leaving Oklahoma, going to USC. Oklahoma's new coach is Brett Venables. Um Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. How do we feel about Oklahoma? Is it more of a rebuild or a reload? I kind of feel that they, they reloaded. I like what they're doing. Um, Brent Venables is a great defensive coach. Dylan Gabriel is a proven quarterback. Uh, we'll see if he can kind of recapture that match that he had at UCF. But they still have Marvin Mims. They have great running backs. They might have the best defense in the Big 12 now. So I think it's more of a reload than a rebuild. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I agree. I think that uh, Brent Venables is bringing something different to the Big 12 that, uh, you know, a lot of teams nowadays, um, you know, we'll talk about that later, are shifting to, um, you know, they want to go full air raid, offensive oriented, you know, the uh, the classic Big 12 structured team. But Brent Venables is a nice breath of fresh air, I think, in Norman, just because um, he brings, one, the culture, Um you know, I, I think that that's been a big talking point um, from everything that we've seen about him. He is pushing that real hard right now, especially after Lincoln Riley's departure, uh, you know, kind of let the program in uh, a bit of a shaky spot that it hadn't been in in quite some time um, ever since, you know, Bob Stoops left the program. Um, you know, we're getting close to a decade on that. So, uh, you know, it's been pretty solid for Oklahoma as far as like coaching stability. So this is a uh, you know, certainly something that shook them, but uh, I like the move a lot. I think it's a reload uh, and it's a long-term thing too. I think that, um, you know, they're really putting themselves in a position to be uh, successful, not only this year, um, but also going forward. Yeah. I'm glad what you said about the culture, because that's what I was thinking too. I, um, I was reading that four star, he's a four star or five star wide receiver. It changes every week. Yeah, um, Dante Cooks. From, from Dallas, he he loved Oklahoma. He's an Oklahoma fan, he's a Sooner fan. And, you know, Oklahoma didn't want him because he didn't fit their culture. And I admire that. Like, you're trying to build something. So don't get the best player, per se. Get players that fit into what you, you're visiting, you're trying to, what you're trying to do. And I think it's going to pay off for him in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you're grabbing guys that are going to work best in your system and around your coaching staff – um, and that really fit with the guys in your locker room, that's when you have the best chance to have success is when you have the confidence of all those guys up and there's no, um, you know, not speaking against him or anything like that, but if they felt that if that, you know, there could be any conflict in the locker room, I can't say that I blame um, the staff for want, not wanting them to be a part of it um, because they are trying to build something that is, you know, solely for them. And, uh, you know, it's okay to be selfish in college football and it's okay to not necessarily want every player. You want the guys that are going to fit best in your room and, um, with what you're trying to build. Yeah, I agree. And I like what they're doing. Uh, another team made a lot of good moves too. A lot of big moves. Got to talk about them. 
dear to my heart, my Texas Longhorns. Um, first thing I got to ask, Jake, is Texas back? I don't know that you can answer that question right now, and I'm gonna, I'm being totally fair about that um, because, you know, it, it's kind of like the saying in any other sport, that, you know, those – from professional sports at least, you know, draft picks look great until they turn to names. It's the same thing in college football. It even stands true for A&M right now. All those recruits that we got in the 22 class, they look great right now, but now they're names – and now they're going to be on the field. So, you know, Texas is going to have to take that uh, top offensive line class that they had in 2022, put that on the field to protect uh, their shiny new quarterback, Quinn Ewers, and the one coming in next year um, in Arch Manning. So, uh, you know, I, I think that Texas has a lot to prove this year. Um, you know, people thought that last year was important for Steve Sarkeesian. This year is 10 times more important um, because they have to show a step towards legitimacy. They have to. And, uh, you know, I think that we'll get the answer to that question pretty quickly is Texas back. Um, I'm not going to say after week two because it is Alabama, and I don't think that anybody is really expecting Texas to win that game. Um, but, you know, I, I think that we'll be, have that question answered fairly quickly as we get into the season. You know, I was hoping to get you on the record in a Texas A&M shirt saying Texas was back. <laughs> it's going to be great. But not getting it out of me this time. <laughs> I try. I do I do agree that um it's, it's just way too early to tell. I'm I'm a little worried that it's almost too high expectations for the Longhorns this season because I feel like they're just way too young. You have a first year starting quarterback, a very young offensive line who a lot of them are going to have to play because we weren't very good. The skill position-wise, we have, we have some veterans. Defense is still pretty shaky. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, not going to be back in one season, but it's a good start. And I, li I like what we're doing. Um, mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't say out of the skill positions that y'all have, I would say there is probably no team that has more better skill players outside of Columbus or Tuscaloosa at the moment than – um, than in Austin with the Longhorns. I mean, you know, even as an Aggie, it pains me to say that, but um, it's the reality. Uh, they have a very good program that they are building. Um, and, you know, clearly Steve Sarkeesian has shown that he wants to commit to building a culture that we've already talked about with, with OU. Um, you know, Sark wants to build his own culture. And I think he wants to get rid of, uh, you know, what people have said about him in the past, um, you know, from his days at Alabama or when he was in the NFL, he wants to, you know, start over here in Austin. And, uh, you know, I think that he has shown that he's a very good recruiter, um, clearly um, picking up some of these big names, uh, some names that, you know, we would have liked to, liked to have had in uh, maroon and white. But, um, you know, I, I like what they're building down there um, as much as, again, that hurts me to say that. But, uh, yeah, I think that there is definitely reason to have optimism in Austin for, uh, you know, what, the fifth, sixth straight year now? Yeah, um, this is, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I just wanted to start. I think a, a win for Texas is nine wins. If you can get to 10, I think that I, as a, you, you can't, you can't be mad at that. All right. I, I, I think we should pump the brakes on 10 wins though. I, yes, I, 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 agree. I, I think if we're setting reasonable expectations, I think a good season for y'all, obviously like, Getting into the bowl game, that's – like, if you win six games, that's another failure. Anything under anything under eight is a failure, but reasonable expectation, I would put it eight wins this year. Um, you, like you said, it's a very young room. I mean, you're getting a whole hall of offensive linemen that have never seen a snap in college football. You have a quarterback that hasn't thrown a single pass in college football. 
um, a lot of guys that are going into a new scheme because, you know, let's face it, the Longhorns utilize the portal more so than maybe any other team in college football, especially at skill positions. So it's going to be a lot of adjusting, but um, so that, that's my reasoning for putting the expectation at eight wins, but um, anything more than that, absolutely an exceptional season. Yeah. You missing a new quarterback. We got a lot of um, new starting quarterbacks in the big 12. And I feel like that kind of, it, it makes this conference so unpredictable because you don't have that stability at the quarterback position. Like you got Quinn yours um, at Texas, maybe, we don't know if he's won the position yet. I'm not going to jump the gun. JT Daniels, former USC QB. He's at West Virginia. Obviously, you have Dylan Gabriel, who's proven, you know, at Oklahoma. Adrian Martinez, someone who I really like. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about who doesn't, but <laughs> yeah, I really like Adrian Martinez at Kansas State. And then you got Blake uh, Shapin, or is it Sharpen? I think it's Shapin. I, I think it's Shapin. Shapin. Blake Shapin at uh at Baylor. At yeah, Baylor. I, I'm really excited about him. Uh, I think he could definitely be a uh, a big player this year. Obviously, taking over for uh, Gary Bohannon. Um, it's not going to be the uh, the easiest uh, transition, I think, for him because Baylor did really rely on their defense last year. Um, so you know he has a lot to live up to, especially if he wants to take Baylor back to winning the Big Twelve again. Um, which obviously, you know. Uh, this will definitely not be the first time that this is mentioned in this video, but hats off to Dave Aranda for the excellent job that he has done so far in Waco because year two last year, winning the big 12 title from a program that was just shaken by scandal um, for years, you know, getting rid of the art Briles stain on the Baylor football program. Uh, you know, it's, it's big for them. So yeah, I'm excited to watch Blake Shapin take the field this year and see what he can do. Yeah, I am too. He's one of my breakout players because Baylor they lost a lot of their skill position players last year. Um, and I was honestly, I was shocked that Dave Aranda named Blake Shapin the starting QB in, it was like March. You know, you normally don't see that. You normally, it'll be, you know, around in August, late August, maybe you know, right before the first game. So that way you can still have Gary Bohannon as a backup if you really need it, if it doesn't work out. But Aranda, I mean, he, if he really likes him, and he, we all know he's a great coach, if he is that confident in him that he just, you know, Gary, you can leave, we got our guy, then I'm excited. I think I think he, Baylor's going to be uh, – I got him winning the Big 12 again. I don't know if you do, but – I do not have Baylor winning the Big 12. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. I, I just wanted to talk more um, about some of these new quarterbacks going in. Dylan Gabriel, for me, is – the guy who can do it all and OU has the studs around him to make uh, big plays happen. Obviously Marvin, Marvin Mims, who, uh, you know, if you've never seen Marvin Mims play football, you're truly missing out. I mean, watch him in the red river game against your Longhorns last oh year. He gosh. was, he was incredible. Um, Theo Weiss, a uh, receiver out of Allen, Texas, saw him beat yes. up on my high school uh, when I was in high school. Uh, kid is awesome. Athletic. Um, he can get up there. And, uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of reasons to really be excited about what Dylan Gabriel can bring to the OU offense. And, uh, you know, it, it really does suck for them because they lost, um, you know, you lost your two best quarterbacks. I mean, and it's by a pretty wide margin in uh, Spencer Rattler and obviously Caleb Williams. Um, you know, not so, not so shocking that uh, Caleb Williams went off to, uh, you know, L.A. with Lincoln. But, uh, 
you know, Dylan Gabriel, I think, does have a lot to live up to. And, you know, the expectations are pretty high because OU is a storied program who has been winning the Big 12 fairly consistently now. Um, so he does have a lot to live up to. And I'm excited to see if he can deliver because I do believe he can. You think he's the best coach? I mean, the best quarterback in the Big 12? I don't know that I can make that determination right now. Uh, there's too many new quarterbacks entering the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not a whole lot of, uh, you know, returning guys. Uh, quality returning guys, and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him up there with uh, Quinn Ewers, Spencer Sanders, uh, maybe a Max Dugan by the end of the season. Um, nice. So, yeah, it's good. it's honestly going to be a toss-up for whoever's the best quarterback, but for me, it's Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, I'm excited about Dylan. Another new transfer I'm really excited about, we talked about there is Adrian Martinez. I think you, sometimes you just need a new start. And it didn't work for him at Nebraska. I think he fits right into what Kansas State um, wants to do. Is he as good as Skylar Thompson? We'll find out. But they have arguably a top three running back in the country in Deuce Vaughn, who we both love. I know that. Mm -hmm. Adrian Martinez can run the ball as good as any quarterback in the country. His turnovers – that, that's his problem. You know, he's, he's real shaky with the turnovers, but yeah, maybe, maybe having Deuce Vaughn there, you know, it takes a little bit of a load off of him. The big 12 defense is not that good. It's not as tough as the big 10. So on paper, it should be easier for him. I think keep an eye on Adrian Martinez. Absolutely. You know, I think that uh, the new change of scenery for him uh, can be huge, especially because I think that a lot of playing quarterback is mental because, mm-hmm. you know, you're having to make these decisions and uh, the pressure is going to be off of him a lot more in Manhattan um, than it was in Lincoln. So, uh, you know, I, I think that he is uh, – I don't even think that the expectations are that high on him. Um, you know, they want to go in there and, uh, you know, Kansas State wants to play better football and play up to a standard that um, they haven't, you know, reached in quite some time. So, um, if you know, if Adrian Martinez is able to come in there and uh, and deliver, I think that there is excitement or there is reason for excitement in uh, in Manhattan, especially if he limits those turnovers, because Deuce Vaughn does not let go of the football. Deuce Vaughn does not fumble. And if you can create a passing game that complements his running ability, you've got a potential to build a, spare, a very special offense there. So I'm excited to see what Adrian Martinez can do, but I'm definitely not as high as, on him as you are. No, he's one. He, he we mentioned Blake as my breakout player. Adrian Martinez is one of my other ones. And my last one, you mentioned him from Allen High School, uh, Theo Weiss. I think Oklahoma's going to be looking for that second wide receiver to kind of work off Marvin Mims. Dylan Gabriel, one thing he can do, he can spin the football. Um, you know, we'll see how his, how his legs, if his legs hold up. But he can, he can yeah. still throw the football. So I think he'll be the guy to kind of step in and, you know, Marvin, Marvin Mims, he's going to attract a lot of attention. You got to have somebody to compliment him. I think it's going to be Theo Weiss. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I actually – I went for a bit of a wild card with my uh, one of my breakout players. I chose Donovan Smith of Texas Tech. Um, this I is like a player. Him. This is a player who did not receive a ton of playing time in 2021 uh, with Tyler Shuck, you know, receiving uh, a lot of snaps. I think that Donovan Smith has a chance to step up this year and really be able to play well. We saw him play in the bowl game against Mississippi State. He played excellent. Um, and, you know, he was making a lot of, you know, good throws. Throws that he should make that Texas Tech quarterbacks, ever since really Patrick Mahomes left, were not able to make. So, um, you know, I do think that Donovan Smith has the chance to really become his own this year 
and uh, you know, make something about Texas Tech stand out other than the fact that they were the school that Patrick Mahomes used to go to. <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah, I think that there's reason to be excited with him. Texas Tech, I mean, they, they, they haven't announced him as the quarterback, right? It's still, it's still a nah, battle. It, it's still up in the air, but I think that Donovan Smith wins the battle. I think he checks the boxes on a lot of his intangibles. Uh, he's a guy who – he does have the arm talent. He is able to get outside of the pocket. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what he can bring. I do think that he wins that quarterback battle. I don't see much in Tyler Shuck. Uh, So, you know, I can't say that uh, I I would expect to see him on the field this year. But, uh, yeah, Donovan Smith, that is one of my breakout players and a bit of a wild card. It is a wild card. I I hope he wins because I think I like watching him play. I've seen some of his stuff. And he he, he looks electric. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, not to mention the fact that uh, they did bring in Kitley from – uh, you know, Western Kentucky to help lead the offense there in Lubbock. So mm-hmm. um, along with Joey McGuire's new staff and what they're building there, I do think that Texas Tech is a team that is extremely boomer bust this year. I, I wouldn't expect too much out of them, but uh, if enough things go right, and honestly that can be said for pretty much any team in the Big 12 this year outside of Kansas, um, if everything goes right for them, you know, you could see them, heck, maybe putting up, you know, seven, eight wins is the most I can see them doing, but uh, you know, watch out for Texas Tech. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not too high on Tech this year, but I do. I, I love where they're going. Um, I think if they could have got Quinn Ewers, would like them a lot more. But you know, all I'm saying is, else. Quinn Ewers, <laughs> Quinn Ewers was never going to be going to Lubbock. You don't think it, so? No, I, I was worried. I'm not gonna lie. I was worried. I I honestly, I mean. I, I honestly, I don't know why A&M was even in his top three. Um, you know, A&M's got their quarterback situation figured out. So not sure why they, why he included us. Um, but I, I thought for sure he was a lock to Texas from the second that he had announced that he was in the portal from Ohio state. I knew he was going to be wearing burn orange. So um, very, very expected, but yeah, uh, Tex, you know, they're doing a lot of things better. Um, they've been able to attract a lot of better recruits than they have. I know that Tech fans were celebrating because there was a moment where they were number one um, in recruiting. Um, all three that. stars, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that's definitely um, something for uh, people in Lubbock to be optimistic about that's not basketball-related. So, yeah. Hey, so, we're talking about Tech, the, um, the Big 12 media, they released their standings. They had Tech 9. I go from from top to bottom to determine what you think. Baylor was in first with 17 first place votes. Oklahoma with 12. Oklahoma State with nine. Texas in fourth with two. And we got Kansas State with zero, but they were in fifth. Iowa State in sixth with one first place vote. I don't know what that guy was thinking. He might have been too much tequila, I guess. Um, (laughs) Then rounding out the bottom four is TCU, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and then, of course, our Kansas Jayhawks. What are we thinking about that? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, it needs to be said: um, do not put any do not put any stock into any of those rankings that come out before the season starts, especially in the Big Twelve. There is no conference where there are more coin flip games this year, games that could be decided by one little thing than in the Big Twelve. So, um, the top four, I largely I largely do agree with. Um, I personally, I. Um, why don't we run down our standings that we've set out for the teams real quick? What do you, what do you have for us? All right. For me, I have Baylor at number one. Um, I just think they have the best coach. Uh, I think that they have the most ability Oklahoma at two, because 
Dylan Gabriel. I think he – and the schedule isn't that hard. So I think they can get that two. Texas at three, we talked about them. They're just not there yet. I got a surprise Kansas State at four. And I almost had them three because I'm, I'm really high on Kansas State. Oklahoma State at five. West Virginia at six. Um, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, I think you can swap them. Then Iowa State at seven. TCU at eight. Tech at nine. Kansas at ten. Okay, yeah, we, we definitely do differ in some spots. For me, I have OU, Baylor, Texas, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, West Virginia, Kansas State, TCU, Tech, and Kansas um, at the bottom. I do not have Kansas winning a single Big 12 game this year. I cannot put any faith into the Jayhawks actually being able to put together a team that can uh, stop another team from scoring. I, don't, I do think that um, Kansas does have potential at the quarterback position. Um, I am a big fan of Jalen Daniels at quarterback. Um, I think that he is actually competent. And, uh, you know, Kansas really struggled last year. Uh, They were the worst team in the country at moving the chains and getting first downs and uh, just being able to move the ball. Um, But unfortunately, without a defense, there's no way I can put any stock into Kansas being able to put together one Big 12 win. However, they will be able to pick up, you know, an FCS win um, or two. I believe that uh, they, they play Tennessee Tech, I believe, is how they start their season. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, Kansas will be riding on a high being undefeated. But, uh, you know, last year, as we saw, they did lose to South Dakota State. So um, not a good look. So, <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're kind of the same. We got Baylor, Oklahoma. To me, tell me if you agree. To me, they're the two clear, like, top two teams in the big 12 i think maybe maybe texas but we just we just don't know so i think going in you have to put baylor oklahoma i have them clear one and two who's who's better i have no clue um i just picked baylor just because yeah i mean baylor's defense last year was exceptional it was absolutely exceptional they won the big 12 mm -hmm. deservingly so um, in an epic game against Oklahoma State um, that showed all the reasons why they deserve to win, and that's because they can wreak havoc on defense. I do expect some regression this year um, because, you know, they did lose some key starters from last year. Overall, though, they, they do have that same, uh, you know, returning lineup. Um, and I think OU, OU is my number one simply because I believe that, um, you know, a lot of the players on their offense are a year older now. Um, Theo Weiss hasn't really seen much playing time since he arrived at OU. Um, but I would really look to see him, um, you know, putting his foot down and becoming, you know, a star in the OU offense, uh, you know, picking up the offensive coordinator from Ole Miss, whose name is escaping me, I believe. Jeff Letty maybe was his name, I believe. Yes, um, he was uh, Dylan Gabriel's OC at – wasn't he at UCF? At UCF, uh, yeah. I, I think I believe that there is some connection there, but you know things like that help uh, when you're in a when you're in a place, even when it's new, but you have your coaching um, that you've had before. That sense of familiarity can really help with the confidence of quarterback. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think that OU and especially if their defense takes a step up, and they are able to play um, games, you know, away from the stereotype of the Big Twelve, where you know people say it's no defense, it's all just you know the race to see you can put up forty first. Um, you know, I, I think that those are the two clear cut teams and I wouldn't be shocked if Texas tried to creep into that, but I just don't know 
that with all the young talent that they're ready to make that jump into the top tier of the Big 12 just yet. But I would look for them to absolutely improve from what was a disastrous last season for the Longhorns. <laughs> Hopefully so. So let's um, – you're a betting guy. Yeah. So Well, not not – not often. Uh, Not I live often. in Texas. <laughs> yes, so, yes. You like uh, you like you like looking at the. Oh the yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll look at the lines. Yeah. Yes. So what 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 are you thinking when you look at the lines? I think Oklahoma is a favorite right now at plus one seventy. Mm-hmm. Um, then Texas at two ninety, and then it's a kind of a big drop off. You have Oklahoma State next, and Baylor at both around six hundred. Yeah, um, for me, it's Baylor plus 600 from DraftKings uh, to win the Big 12. For me, that's a lot of good value um, there. And because uh, I'm honestly surprised that Baylor's odds weren't higher. Um, to me, plus 600 seems like a steal for where we're at at the moment. Um, so, you know, uh, for me, I have that much confidence in Baylor to be able to make it back to Arlington this year. Um, I don't really put a lot of stock. I, I wouldn't put down a, a bet on Oklahoma at the moment just because uh, you know there is a lot of uncertainty there um, it's kind of the same deal with Texas you know we're just gonna have to see how the first few weeks play out how the team's playing by then all these odds would have shifted so you know what I'm saying now is irrelevant but if it were me at this moment I would bet Baylor plus 600 to win the big 12 as my favorite line the more I look at it the more I like this Kansas State plus 1600 I know All you're right, not. Let's, yeah, let's hear your rationale for this one because, I, bro, you've been you've been watching those five minutes of uh, Adrian Martinez highlights too much because it's not. Maybe I happen. have. I don't know. I think they have, they have a really good running back, and I just I'm, I'm by no means am I picking them to be the favorite. If you got a little a little extra change, why not toss it on Kansas State? They play fun football. Um, you know they're they're on the come up. I think it's it's so much parity. In the Big 12, I don't think it's going to be a clear, like, record-wise, I think a lot of these teams are going to be close, mm-hmm. especially um, some of the some of these teams have tough out-of-conference games. So, But back know? to your point, though, on Kansas State, though. So you're saying that because they have a good running back, they can get up there. Y'all had Bijan Robinson. Y'all still yes. have him, and y'all went five and seven. Yes. I, I'm not saying – I'm. Uh, it's not a good case. I'm just saying that. All right. <laughs> if, especially if Kansas State, they play at Oklahoma. I think that's a Big 12 opener. They can win that. You know, they kind of kind of get, get a little momentum going. I don't hate it. So I'm going to say I don't hate it. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you were saying, there's so much in the mid-tier of the Big 12 this year. And th- these are my teams that I feel could be switched in any order. I think that you can put Oklahoma State, Iowa State, West Virginia, Kansas State, and TCU. I mean, those five teams right there could legitimately end up in any order of the standings this year. I don't know what that'll. I don't know what that'll be. Um, for me, the two worst teams going into this year uh, are probably. I mean, Kansas absolutely, um, unequivocally the worst team in the Big Twelve. Uh, and there's not really any huge sign of improvement in coming. So, uh, you know, for me, easy zero and nine right there. Uh, I have. Uh, Texas Tech at three and six in the conference this year. I just don't think that uh, Joey McGuire's squad this year is going to be quite ready to um, step up and be able to, you know, compete in the Big 12 in the way that uh, those Tech teams did with Mike Leach, uh, you know, and, you know, back in the uh, late 2000s. You know, I, I just don't see those uh, Red Raiders coming back quite yet. Um, 
but a team that I feel like could surprise um, is Iowa State. I do believe that Iowa State could surprise. Um, obviously, the loss of Brock Purdy and Brees Hall does hurt quite a bit. Tough. Um, but, man, Matt Campbell's defensive, he preaches defense. Matt Campbell does. And it's kind of been the same way that I think that Brent Venables is doing right now. I mean, obviously, you know, Venables has the whole resume of, you know, maybe one of the best defenses ever at Clemson in 2018. Um, but, you know, Matt Campbell is all about the defense, and I think that there is a lot of potential for them to really step up. And beginning with that is going to be Will McDonald, the fourth who I have um, – as you know, one of the best players in the Big 12, if not the entire country. Um, this is a guy who's improved year over year, uh, you know, racking up sack totals. And I think he could even push for 15 sacks this year after finishing with 11 and a half, I believe, last year. So, um, Will McDonald, Iowa State, if there's any team that I feel like could surprise everybody this year, it is Iowa State in the Big 12. Yeah, I was looking at them and I just, I was looking at their schedule. They open up against Baylor. I think that's tough as a conference. Opener. Definitely is. Then they have to go to Texas, to Oklahoma State, and to TCU. I but just, I, I, don't, the, I, don't, I just don't see it. If they here's the thing though, if they if they pull out and win two of those games, huge success out of that opening stretch, and then your schedule gets easier as you go down the line, and you're playing some of these coin flip games that take you on late into the season. Um, obviously, I mean the only game I can honestly say with. 100% confidence out of the Big 12 that they win is against Kansas. Of course. <laughs> um, again, don't see Kansas doing anything this year. Uh, and Lawrence, don't turn on the TV when your team's playing. It won't be pretty. But um, I could see them winning Tex against Texas Tech. Uh, as you know, we were talking before this, uh, it would not shock me to uh, see, you know, Texas is due for one of these just bad games. I mean, it have every team has them. You know, unless you're the unless you're in Alabama or an Ohio State, or actually not even a Clemson anymore, that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I you know Texas did you know kind of stumble against Iowa State. Granted, with a lot different team, but uh, this year wouldn't shock me if the Cyclones beat the Longhorns again. Um, I believe. Are y'all playing in Ames this year? Uh, no, it's in Austin. Okay, it's in Austin. It's in Austin All right. Well, the week after the Red River, so it could be. Yeah, so, it, you know, depending on uh, the way that Red River goes could shape how that game goes because, mm -hmm. you know, Texas loses in devastating fashion. They're going to be fired up uh, and wanting to uh, murder the uh, Cyclones the next week. So uh, or Texas wins, you know, could come in overconfident. But for me, uh, Iowa State is the team I would look out for um, to do something much more than their expectations are except for that one guy who uh who gave them a first place vote which i don't know what you're smoking but i'm not even that high on i'm not even that high on the cyclones <laughs> yeah i definitely i mean i agree they could lose to texas texas problem is they they tend to play to the level of their opponents um they play lsu like when joe burrows there arguably lsu's hardest game and then they'll go and lose to kansas the next week so yeah, I mean, it shock me. It's a, it yeah, I mean, t Texas, again, very difficult program to forecast how they're going to be doing this year. And a lot of it depends on Quinn Ewers. I mean, I, I, I don't see Hudson Card making that run for the, uh, the top spot. I just think don't it's all for think, show. I, I think so. I think it's pretty much, I think it's pretty much set in stone at this point, uh, that it will be Quinn Ewers who takes the field, um, in y'all's opener. But, uh, you know, Hudson Card, thanks for coming out, man. 
Um, I, I don't see himself with a future in Austin for sure. Wouldn't be shocked to see him hit the portal. Yeah, I wouldn't, especially with Arch on the way. Yeah. So let's let's go to awards. Um, I'll give you my awards. Offensive Player of the Year. I have B. John Robinson. Um, I think he's best player in the conference, uh, not in the country because it's a guy named Will Anderson in Alabama. But Defensive Player of the Year. I went with Dylan Dole from Baylor. Um, I think he was Excellent second pick. second in the Big Twelve in tackles. The guy was in front of him was also on Baylor. He's now in the NFL, so he's gonna have he's next man up. I like him a lot. Newcomer of the year, I think this is pretty much obvious. It's Dylan Gabriel. I don't, I don't see how it's not unless Quinn Ewers lights it up. But. Yeah, that that's that for me was uh, that that for me was my toss up between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, my my words are fairly similar to you. Well, actually, we only have uh, we have two of the same. Uh, I have B. John Robinson winning offensive player of the year. I don't think it's going to be that close either, unless Deuce Vaughn really makes a run for it. Um, which he definitely could. Um, between uh, Bijan and Deuce, uh, the Big 12 is looking good with running backs, uh, two of the best in the entire country, if not the two best um, in the entire country in the Big 12. Um, and then at Defensive Player of the Year, I went with Will McDonald the fourth. mentioned him earlier. Um, he is a guy who can wreak havoc on the defensive side of the ball, get to the quarterback, one of the best edge rushers in the country. Um, some sites like Pro Football Focus don't necessarily like him as much, but um, I'm I'm high on Will McDonald. Uh, look for him to be, you know, entering your local backfield. So, um, you know, for me that was pretty easy. And then for a newcomer, um, I have Dylan Gabriel, just like you. I just think that uh, he has that call. He has that maturity that uh, he gained from playing at UCF. And uh, you know, I think that he's going into a really good situation having his old coach um, in Letty. Um, be with him at Oklahoma. Um, but again, toss up between him and Quinn Ewers for me. Uh, we just don't know enough about Ewers at this point. You know, we've seen him, we've seen him play in the spring game. He played excellent, all that, but it's a heck of a lot different than it is stepping out into a college game uh, at live speed. And then for me, coach of the year is going to be Brent Venables. Um, mm-hmm. I think that OU in my eyes, um, outside of my betting eyes, you know, I, I think that OU will win the big 12. Um, so, you know, for me, Brent Venables coming in, changing the culture, changing the whole work of the team, uh, becoming more defensive minded, um, quite the stark change from Lincoln Riley's system. So, uh, yeah, for me, Brent Venables coach of the year. Yeah. I went with Dave Aranda because I think Baylor wins the big 12, both, both great coaches. I just, I'm, I'm really high on Dave Aranda. I'm, I'm, I'm also happy he stayed at Baylor because um, I think it's good for the Big 12 and the conference. You might regret it now that, you know, UCLA is going to the Big 10, but we'll see. Yeah. And by the way, if you're looking for realignment talk on this video, not the place for it. It's <laughs> no. not going to happen. We're talking about 2022 in the Big 12. So if you want to read about that, go read some of our other articles. It's not this video. But anyway, uh, back to this. Yeah. And so. Um, you know, I'd like to go over some of the, the key games, some of the biggest games going on in the Big 12 this season that you think uh, could really shape how the conference uh, goes any which way. My first one, um, I know I keep talking about them. Kansas State at Oklahoma. It's the Big 12 opener. Um, I'm really I'm, I just really want to see what they what they can do. I think that's going to be their first challenge. And that's one of the key games. It's not, it may not be a key game in the grand scheme of things. But for me, I'm really high on Kansas State this year. I want to see what they got against arguably the best team in the conference. Oklahoma, 
Um, I think we both going to have Oklahoma versus Texas. The Red River rivalry never disappoints. I've never, never seen a bad it, one. <laughs> both, both, both teams could be two of the worst in the conference, and I would still tune in. It's mm. an amazing game. Regardless of whether you care about each team or not, I don't have a rooting interest in the game. I hate both teams a lot. Uh, so, you should. yeah, I mean, uh, but it's an excellent football. Um, so, you know, that's also on my list. Uh, I think that that game could do a lot for shaping what teams will end up in Arlington um, at the end of the season. It's a game that neither team can really afford to lose, not only for just, you know, the wins and losses, but also just for the, uh, the impact on what it does. I think that that game has a big impact on recruiting. If people yes. see OU come in and beat Texas with all of Sark's shiny new toys um, on the field, I think that that's going to, it might shake up the recruiting game a little bit, especially with guys that have Kansas and Texas, or sorry, not Kansas, absolutely not. Uh, OU and Texas <laughs> in their, uh, in their top five or, you know, however they have it. So, um, that game will definitely impact uh, the entire Big 12, send shockwaves throughout college football. Always does, though. And my last one was Baylor at Texas. It's the last game of the season. I think that could shape who ends up in Arlington. Um, I think Baylor and Oklahoma are going to be fighting for that one, too. But another team, Texas, could creep in there. You know, they could be uh, five and three. Oklahoma could be five and three. Texas might have to win that game to get in or something like that. So yeah, those, I mean, are, those are, those are my three key games. I'm going to be looking forward to what about Yeah, abs- absolutely. Uh, you know, just like you, I said before, I have OU versus Texas, uh, Red River, of course. Uh, and then this one, this one's a personal one um, for which me and Aggies alike will all be tuning in for <laughs> the university of Texas at Austin versus the Kansas Jayhawks. Oh my gosh. Revenge. I'm, I, not so fast, my friend. You guys, <laughs> no, no, no. You guys got to get that monkey off your back because yes. it, it is going to be a thing. I mean, as Nagy, I love it. Uh, all the uh, shit posting on the internet about um, about Texas. Uh, you know, the jo- the jokes definitely ran its course by now. I think so. Uh, I just want the games to get played at this point so that mm-hmm. we can, you know, stop all the memes and just get on the field. Um, but no, I, I think it'll uh, it'll definitely be a very watched game. Um, that might be the only chance that Kansas has at seeing something resembling a sellout. <laughs> and that's yeah. if, and that's if a third of the stadium is wearing burnt orange. So um, I will say that from um, like, I, I have a friend who's, he's a GA at Texas that that's a game that they're all looking forward to because oh, I'm sure. they've heard the jokes. They've all heard the jokes. You can't, you can't run away from it other than Oklahoma. They're, they, they, they're going to, they're going to be a, they might have that game circled, which is weird. Like, why do you have Kansas circled on your schedule? It's but. a big confidence booster. <laughs> I mean, if if y'all like, go in, if y'all go in and win that game, I mean, that will be huge for just every single Longhorn out there that has been suffering um, at the hands of the Kansas Jayhawks. I mean, that is, we're not going to talk about the game last year. It happened. Um, mm-hmm. Lost to the Jayhawks at home. It happened. But uh, yeah, excited for that. And then for me. This game could be one that shapes um, what goes on in Arlington. It's Bedlam, OU versus OSU. Some of the best football of the entire season across college football happens in Bedlam. The last uh, game last year was insane. Absolutely crazy. Um, 
absolutely crazy football. Oklahoma State pulled out the win in the final seconds when OU was driving. Uh, excellent football. No matter your rooting interest in the game, um, I think I know who you were probably going for in that game. Um, <laughs> not Oklahoma. But, yeah, definitely not Oklahoma. <laughs> um, yeah, me, me as well. So uh, excellent football this year should be shaping up to be absolutely excellent as well. Um, especially because OSU is another team that really likes to play defense. Um, OSU got to the position that it was in last year, largely off the back of its defense. Um, and so, you know, they were really tested um, against OU last year. So it'll be interesting to see if Dylan Gabriel can go in there and uh, put up some big numbers. And, uh, you know, that's a game that could result in one of those teams going to Arlington and the other one, uh, their dreams of winning the conference are dead. But it's not the last week of the season because um, the Big 12 has a fairly weird schedule, I would say, and not finishing out their conference schedule with rivalry week. But, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, those are my three three big games um, for this year. Um, so one thing I want to pick your brain about is that as a Longhorn, what will matter to you more this year? Do you have the game circled on your count? Would you rather win both of the – um, games that we talked about in Red River and Kansas or lose by a touchdown to Alabama? Oh. You lose both if you don't – if you pick I, I would, lose. Oh, yeah, we can't lose to Kansas again. I would rather be Oklahoma and Kansas for sure. Okay, then, all right. And then lose to Alabama. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure what the line is on the Alabama game. It's probably, I mean, I will probably, if I do choose to bet on the game, I will probably be picking Texas to cover because those spread, I don't think that it's going to be the absolute massacre of the century that some people think that it will be. (laughs) I don't think so Um, either. I'd like to see it that way. It's the only time that I will ever root for Nick Saban is if he's going against Texas. (laughs) At the way he said about your school, you're you're not going to. Dude, I, I, I cannot pick Texas. <laughs> I can't. There's no school that you, that you would pick against. No, I, I will pick any single school against Texas. Dang. That's fair. But I am picking y'all to cover that week because I don't think it's going to be an absolute massacre. I think that y'all will lose by like three touchdowns. So that's, that's that. But uh, yeah. So um you know, one thing that I'd like to get to talking about is sort of, you know, some of the players that might, you know, break out this year. Um, so do you have anybody in mind that you were talking about? I know that you were talking about a couple of them earlier. Um, I think Deuce Vaughn will be a Heisman candidate this year for sure. Um, I don't know if he'll finish. It depends on Kansas State's record. But I think through midseason, people are going to be talking about him in the Heisman race. So I really like him. Um, we mentioned Blake Chapin. I think he might be able to take Baylor into the playoffs. That if, is a hot take. If 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 they win the Big Twelve, I got I got them going eight and one in the Big Twelve. I think they're going to lose either Oklahoma or Texas, and then I think they win the Big Twelve championship. I don't. I think they got a shot to get into the playoff. Um, that's my hot take. Any more breakout? I want to say – I don't want to say Quinn Ewers. I'm going to say Jordan Whittington. Keep an eye out on him from Texas. He got hurt last year. The year before that, he was arguably one of our 
he was our best receiver the year before that. I think he's really good. He just can't stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, problem. he can't stay healthy. You know, you really have a two-headed monster there. If you can have Jordan Winnington on the mm-hmm. same field as Xavier Worthy, you know, if you can get those two working together, um, it's an attack that you know not a whole lot of sec- not a lot of secondaries are going to be able to handle. So, um, so, you know, Jordan Winnington, that's a good pick. Uh, my mine. Um, you know, Donovan Smith mentioned earlier, Dylan Gabriel, he is already like kind of an established college football player, but I think this is the year where he really turns a corner and becomes his own. Um, and then man, for me, this last, this last pick was a very hard one. Um, I'm gonna, I, I, I don't know if it's proper to call Spencer Sanders a breakout player. Um, I don't know if that's fair. He could, I think, I think he was, he was, he, he didn't get any of the praise I feel like for for that Oklahoma State team I feel like it was a lot about the defense and people saying he they might have gotten further if it wasn't for him I heard that a lot so well you know some of that some of that was earned um you know Spencer Sanders does have moments of very much inconsistency Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of inconsistency uh, but, you know, he showed some moments of absolute brilliance. Um, he did not have a good game in the Big 12 championship game um, at all. Uh, one of, A very, very poor passing game from OSU that game. Again, Baylor's defense was outstanding and is pretty much the biggest reason why um, they did win the Big 12 last year. Uh, but in the bowl game, in the Fiesta Bowl, uh, he looked absolutely excellent. Spencer Sanders did so. Uh, I'm going to put Spencer Sanders in as one of my breakout players for this year. I think that he has an opportunity to really turn in the legitimate star. That's a hot take. That but... is, I'm not going to lie. I was one of those. I, I was not big on, I, I'm, I was on the record. I said that Oklahoma state is the worst 10, 11 win team I've ever seen play. Like, I was not high on them. I, I mean, man, that defense, I mean, when you have a defense like that, especially in a conference like the big 12, where you can shut down those offenses, I think that you deserve the praise. And I, I thought that OSU's wins last season were very much earned. Um, but, you know, will they be able to follow that up? You know, they've lost uh, they've lost some talent. So, um, you know, yeah. Brennan Presley, you know, expect I, I, him. I, I might be a bit salty because I, I, when I, I watched him play. I think they should have lost to Baylor. I remember um, Baylor had like four fumbles or something. And Oklahoma State barely won that game. They should have lost to Texas, but Warren decided to run for 200 yards. Texas yeah. had them beat. It's just when when and I watched them play, I just I wasn't I wasn't impressed. But but they won. Yeah. So, well, Jalen Warren, um, unfortunately for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, he is now gone. He's gone. Um. So you know, but if there's any school that churns out running backs consistently. It is besides you know Alabama, a low key one is Oklahoma State. I agree. You know, Chuba Hubbard, Chris Carson, Jalen Warren, and uh, you know I believe the guy's name is Dominic Richardson, um, who's going to be their uh, number one back this year. Got a little bit of playing time. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. not a breakout guy necessarily, but if you know if Oklahoma State wants to continue to be a legitimate program, they have not won a Big Twelve title in over a decade. Um, you know, so it's been rough. It's been rough sailing for them for sure. Um, you know, can't remember. I don't even know what they. I think they had won a title when uh, Brandon Whedon um, was there. Like Justin might, Blackman, they might have. I'm not sure. Yeah, and Des Bryant, those guys. Yeah, Oklahoma State used to be cold, but um, 
you know, I, I think that it is key that Spencer Sanders really does become a star this year. Um, this might not be a hot take. I know you got this one too. Uh, I'm all aboard the Deuce Vaughn train. Um, mm. I've watched this dude play for the past, what is he a junior now? So yeah, yeah the past two years um, beginning in the COVID season, 2020 uh, he's been nothing but consistent. Um, he's able to get off of guys. He's very slippery um, in the trenches. And I think he's able to, you know, he's not the biggest dude in the world. I mean, he's not gonna, but he's so agile and is able to tread through defenses. And I think that, uh, you know, he is the biggest part of what will make uh, Kansas state successful this year, not Adrian Martinez. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, uh, my last hot take is that Texas will win 10 plus games. Granted, I know I'm trying, I'm unbiased, it's an unbiased hot take. Uh, we, we I don't know about unbiased. Including the bowl win. I'm including the bowl win. We get well, to you got to make it. All right. All right. All right. I mean, okay. So you're, all right. So you're telling me that they are going to win. So if we're saying 10 wins here, so you're chalking up those losses to, Alabama and to OU, I'm assuming. And you're saying 11 or if it's okay. So if you're including the bowl win, so you're giving yourself a little bit of flexibility there. Yes. So you're saying that they will finish with either nine or 10 wins in the regular season. Yes, man. Well, I, I'm sorry, but like with that <laughs> defense, like yeah, I get it. You have overshown coming back and he's a big part mm -hmm. of your defense um, and Jamison too, but Wait, I, I don't understand how you're getting here. Your math isn't quite making sense to me. I mean, I feel like it checks out. You know, we can – if – the key is we have to beat either Oklahoma or Baylor. We can't lose to both. No, I – you know, I agree. And, and if, we, if we do that, I don't know. I think, I think 10 wins is, is, is reasonable. I saying 10 wins is reasonable though, man. Like, like a reason, a reasonable hot take, not a reasonable, like, I don't even know if that's a reasonable hot take, bro. I mean, <laughs> that, that is scorching. That is scorching. Is no, it? I do not think so. So uh, uh, can we go through the schedule? Absolutely. I want you to tell if it's a win or loss. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll First one, ULM. ULM. Win. Win. Alabama. L. L. UTSA. Win. Win. So we're two and one going to conference play at Texas Tech. Win. And I think I don't, it's not going to be the blowout that it was last year, but win. Okay. At West Virginia at home. Win. Okay. We're four and one. Okay. At Oklahoma in Red, Red River. L. Yes. I don't I, think that, I do not think that Texas has, like we were talking about before, Texas is a very young team. Mm -hmm. And I think that. So for you to be setting this ex this reasonable hot take of ten wins is just that is blasphemous <laughs> to me. Like that that is crazy. Let's finish it. Let's finish. All right, Let's all finish. right. Let's finish. We're four and two. Okay, Iowa State. I I like I, when I was predicting these games. L. I have L. Iowa State taking okay. that game in Austin. Oklahoma State. Uh man, see this is another one of those toss up ones. Um, when I was doing my predictions, uh, I have this as an L for Texas. Oh my gosh! Okay, <laughs> I have you. No, I I have you dropping. I have you dropping three straight. I do. This this OU. I would say Oklahoma State. Okay, but the good four. news is I have you winning out. Four and after. four. So we're four and four. So at Kansas State, you got us winning that. And you guys being TCU, Kansas, and Baylor. Mm -hmm. I have you winning. Out. I have you winning out after that. 
Okay, I, so I think that's that eight and four. I think eight and four is very, very reasonable. Eight and four. You don't think we can win one more game? How's it's not a hot take. We can win not, one I'm more game saying, than that. Then we get the bowl game winning. We're at 10. Okay, no, I was I was talking about 10. I, I was talking about 10 wins regular season. That is crazy no, talk. But that, that's crazy. No, there were, no, no. I'm talking about plus the bowl. We can go nine and three. Yes. Bowl game win, 10 wins. Yes. Season. Okay, yes, that, that could happen. But the thing is, is that I mean, Texas, like you can tell me I'm right on this too. Because of the amount of like coin flip games that are going to be happening in the Big Twelve this season, mm-hmm. Texas could go six and six. They could go ten and two. It it could be these little things that change within a game. But I think I that eight and four is the most reasonable pick for Texas this year. I, and if you I, have, I, I agree with that. 100%. If you're setting, if you are setting a marker for success and building your program to be better, you need to hit eight wins this year. Anything more than that, great. That's that's a huge improvement. But if you fail to reach eight wins, Sark's going to be on the hot seat regardless of what goes on in recruiting because you cannot have the level of talent that they have mm-hmm. and just do nothing with it i, I agree with, I, I agree that eight wins is definitely the you have to get eight will he be on the hot seat i'm not sure because i think the the boosters weren't arch manning in, in orange I don't, I don't i don't see them letting him go and losing arch manning too but here's the thing, though, is what if Arch Manning is discouraged by what he's seeing the team doing on the field? Oh, if Arch no, Manning so, leaves, and then he's gone, too. <laughs> see, Arch Manning is, a, is, a, is a safety net. Right well, see, that's that's y'all's thing is like you got to leverage, you know, what what means more. to I mean, obviously, Arch is probably going to matter more to you than anything at this point. So um, I think that the, the big thing is for Texas to get to 2023 showing improvement. So if you guys hit eight wins. I think that there's a lot of reasons to be positive. And then we can start talking about 10 wins. But let's pump the brakes a little bit. 10-win <laughs> regular season is not going to happen this year. I I, I misspoke. Um, I think 8-4 and four is, is fine. If we lose to Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State three straight weeks, I might be on suicide watch. Yeah, the last I week, last last I year. will be <laughs> I will be carefully watch if you guys are trailing during that Kansas game, I will be watching like a hawk on your Twitter timeline <laughs> because I, I man, there's when y'all lost last year, it was I was it was just pure joy, man. Not for me. It was a it, last year was rough. Yeah, but, I'm sure it was. Who you got for the New Year's six? All right, so I have two Big 12 teams going into the New Year's Six. Um, I, I think Oklahoma – yeah, I have Baylor and Oklahoma going into the New Year's Six. I think so that, that it's, you have one team going to the playoff then? I don't think Big 12 – I don't know that the Big 12 puts up a playoff team. I don't know. I think it's really going to be – because the thing is, is that you have a team like USC with – in the Pac-12 with one of the easiest schedules that I've ever seen a football so team have to play. So easy. I mean, it is – if they do not make the college football playoff this year, absolute failure. That's bad. They should win so, 10. They should win 10 games. Absolutely. If they – they should maybe go undefeated. I mean, I, I believe that they play Notre Dame, and that's the only at, difficult – At Utah is tough. At that. Utah will be tough, but I think that USC will be able to win that game. But so, you know, we might be getting a Pac-12 team – in this year, which means that mm-hmm. somebody's going to have to go. And, you know, I think we're probably going to get two SEC teams again in with Bama and Georgia. I wouldn't be shocked to see it again. Uh, probably going to get Ohio state in from the big 10. Um, so, you know, somebody's going to, someone's going to have to go. So 
that's why I think that uh, the Big 12 does not put a team into the playoff this year. Okay. So who are your New Year's Six teams then? Overall or from the Big 12? Because I couldn't tell you off the top of my head who oh, okay. overall I would I would have. Uh, I, I, think, I think Baylor represents the Big 12. Um, I'll give you my overall. I got Baylor, USC, because I think, like you said, the schedule is just so easy. Alabama, I think they're going to be looking for revenge. Ohio State, I mean, come on. Wake Forest, ACC Wake was Forest. tough. ACC was tough. Yeah, well, go it, Wake Forest. I almost went a, Clemson. I, I was, it was a toss up. I, I, I know, but you know, I think I'd put Clemson in there over Wake Forest. You know, they got Kate so. Klubnick coming in. I think that uh, it's a huge improvement over DJU. Um, you know, so I, I do think that Clemson finds its uh, way back into the picture this year. Not a playoff team, but definitely somebody knocking on the door. Yeah, I was close. I won't Wake Forest um, for now, but who knows? And then, um, the if Houston wins the American, they get a New Year's Six bid too. That is a good so, pick, and I know uh, that you are a. Uh, I know that you are a supporter of U of H, so. I am. So, uh, you know that is, it might be a homer pick, but you know if they win the American, <laughs> I think they, we by far have the best team. Yeah, if they if they win the American, um, wouldn't be you know shocked at all to see them in there. It seems like the Americans been uh, you know able to put teams into um into the New Year's Six quite consistently out of the group of five. So, um, yeah, it's definitely an interesting year for the Big Twelve for sure. I'm uh, you know, obviously extremely excited. Um, the you know, there's no conference more up for grabs. Uh, it's anyone's game this year. Um. It's going to be the last year of the Big 12 as we've known it for um, yes. the past the past decade. So um, because it looks like we're going to get a 2023 with 14 teams. So, um, you know, very excited to see how this season unfolds. Um, you know, do you have any closing thoughts? Mm, like you said, I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready. Texas is going to be back. We're going to be Alabama. Um, <laughs> <laughs> see, you can't even see it. you can't even keep a straight face while saying that if we beat alabama i'd be so obnoxious but... all right you know what that's fair you could be obnoxious <laughs> listen when we beat alabama last year i was obnoxious too so you know I, you I give be. yeah i give anybody full permission uh <laughs> to to be able to do that and you know what uh you guys would get a pretty good field rush out of it too uh yeah. So, and if there's one thing we haven't seen, it's Texas rushing a field in quite a while. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm sure that you've just been uh, anxious to see that happen again, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's an exciting conference. A lot of big stories, a lot of changes, the portal being utilized more than ever, um, especially in the big 12, at uh, those key skill positions like quarterback um, real quick, a player under the radar who you believe is going to step up this year. Player under the radar who I think is going to step up. Mm, I'm trying to not to take Be a as biased. Pick. No, you can take a homer <laughs> pick. I, you can take you can take a homer pick. Okay, this is somebody that you may not know, but you will know his name very soon. Um, Nayer from texas the wide receiver um i think he's gonna be our 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 deep threat super fast um you have xavier worthy obviously in jordan whittington 
I don't know if Winton's going to be healthy. Him and Crenewers have a real good connection. Keep an eye out on him. That's what I'm going with. All right, yeah. That, that's a good pick. I like that. I like your rationale for it, too. Not too big of a homer pick. So, um, you know, like you said, you know, Whittington stays healthy. You know, he might not see as much playing time, but, uh, you know, with him being sort of a wild card, um, that's a good pick. What about you? Who you got? Oh, a player under the radar in the Big 12, man. Okay. Um, you know what? Jalen Daniels talked about him before uh, at quarterback it. for the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, there might not be a whole lot of exciting stuff going on on the field for the Jayhawks this year, but I do think that Kansas will finally have something to cheer about in football with Jalen Daniels. I think he will be exciting to watch. Uh, and he is a reason that I will be tuning into probably 10 minutes of Kansas football this entire season. I do have another one. Um, Oklahoma State Cowboys, uh, Brennan Presley. Brennan Presley, absolutely, I, yes. I think, I think he wasn't – I think he only had like 600 yards receiving or something last year. He showed Tay a lot Martin, of flash. He showed yeah. a lot of flash, though. Tay Martin was obviously Martin their was, number uh, one. But I think if, if – like you said, if Spencer Sanders can make that jump, I think he's going to be a have to be the guy to somebody has to catch the ball. I think it's going to be him. So keep an eye on him. I like him a lot too. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, you know, Adam, uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, enjoyed doing this a lot. Um, you know, best of luck to your Longhorns this season. Uh, even though there is <laughs> a lot of that. You don't no, mean I mean, that. you know, I, I said in this video, I'm going to be as unbiased as possible. Um, and I'm not going to talk trash about uh, UT for once. So, uh, you know, trying to be as fair as possible here. Good luck to your Longhorns this season. Uh, been a pleasure. And uh, do you have anything else to say? Oh, man, uh, thanks for watching. This was a long one, but, you know, college football is almost here. We're excited. Yes, sir. So, I'll tell you.